Amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. Welcome to the Vineyard. Welcome to 2022. Welcome to a time, I hope, of expectation. I hope that you entered into this year saying, hey, I wonder what the Lord wants to do and what part he wants me to play in it. I really do. I want to start this morning um, with a word of prayer, ask the Lord to join us, invite the Holy Spirit to wreck us, and, and just begin to invite you to set yourself into this sermon that I want to share with you. It's a word that the Lord gave me a couple of weeks ago, um, almost a month ago, honestly, because I had almost everything done, um, as a result of hearing somebody else preach to me personally. And it was an amazing thing, and I want to share it with you, but let's just pray first. Father, as we come before you, thank you. We want to make room for you. We don't want to just come in and do our thing and get back out of here and get to lunch. God, we just, Holy Spirit, we just say, come. Come and, and, and affect us. Come and settle on us. Come and crash into us. Come and be here. Help us to stop making excuses. Help us to, to, to jump into your word. Help us to jump into obedience. Help us to be willing to say, this is the time. Let it be said of us, immediately they went and followed him. But that's the promise that we make. We thank you for this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. All right, well, uh, I was glad to have last week off kind of a little bit. Um, it was online. I hope you got a chance to see that. I hope you got a chance to be there. I think that was a, a great word that the Lord just said, hey, this is what I want you to look at. This is what I want you to think about. Um, I challenge you early on in the month to be looking at a miracle, but also to be asking God to let you be somebody else's miracle. Um, that's what we did. On December 12th, I um, am the area overseer, so to speak, so I went down to uh, London, and I happened to be down there listening to a message because I really do enjoy having somebody preach to me. I'm not just down there saying, hey, what do you have going on? Um, how are things going? And stuff like that. Um, but I like to hear from other preachers. Um, Kevin Clark up in Lexington is one of my all-time favorites. Um, Rich Nathan over at Columbus is a really close second, but that's a whole other story. But that particular morning, I was sitting in, in Scott uh, Wright's um, auditorium, and I was just saying, God, I need you to speak to me. And I was there saying, Lord, I know that every day you have ordained for me um, was written down in your book. I see when I say that, I don't just say it to you. I say it to me so much so that I got my phone out and I started making notes because I knew that God had something to say to me today. And I hope that every time you walk in here, it's not to go to church. I hope you walk in here to be the church. I hope you walk in here to hear from God. I hope you walk in here expecting to grab something that you can hold on and take out of here and say, you know what? As a result of this, something in my life needs to happen. Does it matter that you serve here, that you attend here, that you're in a small group here? It does. You don't know this, but on uh, December 24th, I shared this in the Hoorah this morning. On December 24th, Sunday, uh, uh, Christmas Eve, uh, we had a service here. If you weren't here, we had a service here. And uh, there was a man that walked in and walked up to me and told me who he was and said, I don't know if you remember me. And I said, yes, I do. And he said, I just want to share something with you. And he, I said, what's that? He said, uh, my son, who doesn't live in this community anymore, lives somewhere else. He said, is, um, I think he said, four years, narcotic free, uh, addiction free. Um, and we're celebrating that. And I said, well, that's great. Good. And he said, no, no, you don't understand. This is who my son is. Do you remember him? I said, yeah, I remember your son very, very, uh, very well. And he said, well, I just want you to know that he was here when he heard a word from the Lord. 
that was shared across this stage, that was shared into his life, that was spoken on social media, whatever it was that you participate in as well. He said as a result of that, he decided he was going to change his life, and now he's four years addiction-free. And now he's helping run an addiction center, I think that's what it is, up in Ohio somewhere. He said, and I want to thank this church for pouring into my college-age son while he was here that you cared. You see, he came into the building that Sunday morning if it was a Sunday morning, looking for a word. He sat down and had coffee looking for a word. He, he watched a live stream looking for a word. And I believe with all of my heart that God wants to talk to you. But it's not just to give you words. It's not just to, to take up your time on Sunday. He wants to see your life changed. And there always is going to have to be, a, as a result of what I heard today, what will I do? And when a father walks in and says... This happened four years ago. Do you remember it? It's scary. It's weighty. Because people make decisions based on what you believe the Lord is saying and what is going on. And I hope and pray that you come in here because you want to hear from God. I believe that God wants to speak. I believe that with all my heart. The question is, do we really want to hear Him? And don't say, well, yeah, I, man, I'm, man, we're here, right? We want to hear Him. I, I want to know, do you want to hear Him? Because... The God that will speak to you is the God that will say, hey, I want you to stop drinking. Hey, I want you to stop sinning. Hey, I want you to go pour back into your marriage. Hey, I want you to thank me for that job you've got. And if you want another one, ask. If you want a different one, ask. But I want you to live a life that's grateful. Hey, I want you to go into the ministry. Oh, not what I want to hear from the Lord in church on Sunday morning. Really? Where do you think I heard it? In church on Sunday morning from elders. The God that I believe wants to talk to you doesn't want to just say words to you. He wants to change your life. And sooner or later, we have to decide if we're going to do that, if we're going to be a part of that. You see, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek for me and find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. Now, that's a promise that God made to Israel, but I believe it's a principle that applies to every one of us. And he's not playing hide-and-seek. He just wants us to come away from the world. He wants us to stop all the noise. He wants us to stop you know, trying to be cool, trying to run with the kids, trying to, to be everything and, and, and live in our fear of missing out. He wants, to be, uh, he wants us to live in his fitting in. So anyway... The things that I want to share with you uh, are going to be in the book of Luke today. They're going to be in Luke chapter 1. Um, I happened to be down in London. I was listening to Pastor Scott. Pastor Scott was talking about four angelic visits that take place in the Christmas story. And I was just like, yeah, that's all well and good. But as, as takes place 100% of the time, as soon as a pastor starts preaching, I start writing sermons and I start asking God, this is what you're saying to me as a result of this. And as a result of this, this is what I'm going to share with the church. And the Lord said, absolutely. So the first visit was actually to the parents of John the Baptist to Elizabeth and Zechariah. That was the first angelic visit, okay? And so I want to share that with you from Luke uh, chapter 1, uh, beginning at verse 18, reading down through verse 20, just a couple of verses here. And I just want to share um, some thoughts about that, but they're things that I believe that pertain to your 2022. 
It says, Zechariah asked the angel, okay? So we understand there's an angel standing in front of Zechariah. Um, he's talked to him about a child that he's going to have. Um, Zechariah and Elizabeth were barren. They could not have children. They were old in age, you know, kind of a typical story in the Bible. You know, they were like 150 years old, and suddenly the angel of the Lord shows up, and I'm sure they were saying, well, where were you 50, 60 years ago, okay, when we were young and we were, you know, could chase this little thing around. But anyway, well, we've got this picture, and the angel is standing in front of um, Zechariah, and he says, uh, Zechariah asked the angel, how is this, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in uh, years. And the angel answered, I am Gabriel. Gabriel was standing in front of Zechariah. And I love what he says next. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been spent, uh, sent to speak to you and tell you the good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. Because you did not believe my words, which will come, tr excuse, which will come true at their proper time. And so you've got this picture of this angel that shows up to Zechariah while he is ministering in the house of the Lord. And the, 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 the angel says, this is what's going to happen. And, and, and he says, well, hold on a, just a second. Do you see my circumstance? Do you know my condition? I'm old. I'm feeble. We're, we're barren. How is this even possible? And I love that he says, because I'm Gabriel, and because I stand in the presence of the Lord, I promise you the words coming out of my mouth are golden. They will happen. I stand in God's presence and he told me to come tell you this. How much more evidence do you want? And so they're having that kind of a discussion is what's going on. Their family is infertile and we don't know why. We don't understand. Okay? But that was the case. They were past the age of bearing children, no doubt about that. And God said, you're going to have a baby, and they were guffawing Gabriel. That's, that's kind of the circumstance. Kind of, you know, to some degree, it's Abraham and, and Sarah. Uh, to some degree, it's Mary saying, what, you know, how can this be? Which takes us right to verse 26 of the same chapter. Okay, Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel, same angel, same angel that stands in the presence of God, to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his greeting, at his, his words, and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. We talked about that, okay? Um, but the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of uh, the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom shall never end. Mary goes on to say, How will this be, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. And Mary goes on to say, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. And so you've got, those are the only two I want to talk about. The next uh, two angelic vis visits happen in dreams um, with Joseph. Um, and they pertain to him accepting the child and, and uh, Mary as his wife. And then they also pertain to him fleeing and 
running to Egypt. So we'll just deal with these two um, angelic visits, and I wanna, I'm going to share you what we're looking at today, okay? In the one case, we've got Zechariah going, how can that even happen? I'm not buying it. What can you give me to, to show me? Prove it that this is who you are. And he says, I'm Gabriel, and I stand in the presence of God. And if I speak it, because I was sent here to speak this, then it's going to happen. So he's approaching it with the, oh my word, you don't understand my circumstances. It's not possible. It's not going to happen. God doesn't see me. God doesn't care about me. I'm going through the motion. Have you ever been there? You ever been there? I'm going to church. I'm doing the thing. I'm going through the motions. I'm, I'm doing whatever I've got to do. But God isn't paying attention. And we usually say that because God's not doing what we tell God he needs to be doing. Because we're human beings and we don't understand and we're struggling, we're wrestling with things in everyday life. And we think, God, it would be so much easier if you would just snap to it and do the things I say because the way I see it as a human being, this, this is how it could work. And God is saying, listen, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways because my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are much higher than your ways. And so somewhere in here when we're struggling against why me, and we all do that sometimes, don't we? It's because we're not letting God be God in our lives, and that's what we're looking at here. And I love Mary, when she approaches, when she's approached by a Gabriel, she says, uh, how, do you, how, how can this be? How can, how can it happen? Let, let it be as you said, as the Lord says to me, but how, how can this happen? Totally different than I'm not buying it. See? And so here we are. And so we've got this picture where God tries to bless Zachariah. Well, I'll get into it a little bit. What can we learn from these angelic visits? What can we learn from this, okay? First of all, my God is not limited by your circumstances. You want something to take home today? My God is not limited by your circumstances. What is ball and chaining you to 2021, to 2020, to 2019, to 2018, to 2017, to 2016. What is that dead weight, that bad attitude, that nasty dead thing that you are just dragging around that you cannot seem to get rid of? Long time ago, I had a blue healer border collie cross that I taught to gather cattle because I was cowboying at the time in western Oklahoma and it was a wonderful situation. One of the things you never want the dog to do is to get in with the chickens. You just don't want it to happen. And Hank, I was told by the neighbors, got into their chickens. Only their dog was the only one with blood on him, and my dog didn't have a stitch of blood on him, nothing. Didn't have a feather hanging out of his mouth. But just to teach my dog a lesson, and this is how they do it out west, you take the dead chicken, and you take baling wire, and you baling wire the chicken to the dog's collar. And in the 100-degree heat, you just let the, the dog drag the chicken around for a couple of days till he realizes he doesn't ever want to see, smell, or be near a chicken again for the rest of his life. And that's what happened. Poor Frank, I couldn't hardly get close enough to him to unhook the chicken after two or three days. Enough was enough. And that's what I did. And sometimes that's our life. Sometimes we are dragging dead chickens through life. When God just wants us to leave them there so that we can move on. And sometimes we have a hard time doing that, like Zachariah. Gabriel salted Zechariah and Elizabeth's blessing. He came to give them a blessing with a curse because of their unbelief. With a curse? What do you mean? He said, okay, Zechariah, for the next nine months, you won't be able to utter a word. You will not be able to speak a word until it happens just the same way I told you it's going to happen. Can you imagine nine months of your husband not being able to speak finally? Finally. Oh, yes, yes, yes. 
You could give him a pad and write on it. And then if you didn't want to read what he's writing, you could just keep doing this, you know, how you do sometimes anyway, okay? I'm a person that I have to see your mouth move when you're talking. I don't know why. I know my brokenness. I can't look hardly people in the eye while they're talking, so I look at their mouth or their chin. Um, just It's a safety thing from when I was a little tiny boy. Um, but anyway, it's who I am. And, but still, you know, you kind of ignore your spouse. But anyway, that was the curse that was put on Zechariah. He said, fine, fine. You want to doubt God? You're going to get the blessing, but it's coming with a curse. Sorry, you're not going to be able to speak for nine months. Nine months of mm, mm, mm. Nine months of mm, mm, You know? And somehow, as, as a wife, you know, Elizabeth had to interpret that. Get the remote. Mm, you know? And so that's what was going on. But it still came with a curse because of his unbelief. Not because he didn't know how it could happen. That was Mary. How could this happen? How can, this, how can this be? How can this unfold? How is this going to take place? Tell me. I'm, I, it's, let it be unto me as you've said, as the Lord and God. But how, how will it happen? That's, that's different than, I'm not buying it. I, I don't believe it. I don't, I, God said it, but I, I'm not there. No. Um, I, it's just, do you understand my circumstance? Jesus said in Matthew 19, with man it's impossible, but with God Everything is possible. With man, impossible. With God, possible. Impossible, possible. Impossible, possible. You ever been there? I can't read that passage without seeing Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz in a movie. With me, safe. Without me, you're going to die. With me, without me. With me, without me. And it's like, that's how it is with God. With God? I mean, without God? No. With God, yes. Without God, with God. And that's what the Lord is saying to Zechariah. Without God, it's impossible. Your circumstance is utterly impossible. You can't get rid of the dead chicken. It's just not possible. With God, you can leave the dead chicken behind you. It is possible. But Zechariah was saying, Mr. Gabriel, angel of God, I don't think you can get past my present circumstance. So... He got cursed. Why, why did he get cursed? That doesn't seem fair, does it? Because belief is a choice. That's why. Choosing to believe is a choice. Number one, an angel is standing in front of you while you're doing your job. He appeared out of nowhere, and he's standing there. Okay? So he at least has your attention. That should be something that just goes, yeah, let's just lean into it, not let's lean away from it. An angel showed up, but he says, no, no. Believing is a choice because it is an action word like faith. Belief means he has to begin to act on it. Henry Ford is cited with saying, whether you believe you can do a thing or not, you are right. What about you? Whether you believe you can do a thing or not, you are right. Sometimes we call that fulfilling your own or self-fulfilling prophecy. When you begin to say, no, you don't understand, Pastor Joe. My job is going to go like this, and it's going to keep on going, and I hate it. So because I hate it, I'm just telling you right now, sooner or later, my boss is going to fire me. You know why? Because you hate your job so much, you begin to act on it because you believe that. 
You actually only act upon your beliefs, not your academic acknowledgments. So you begin to hate your job so much that you act on it. How do I act on it? You show up late. You leave early. You don't put any effort into it. You make excuses for poor performance. And pretty soon your boss fires you and you say, the Lord told me four months ago he was going to fire me. No, he didn't. (laughs) You told yourself four months ago you wanted to be fired, so it wasn't your fault. And you began to act on it. And I believe the Lord is saying that's not where you and I are supposed to be. Whether you believe you can do a thing or not, you're right. Grab a hold of that idea. The problem is Zechariah wasn't asked to do a thing. He was only going to receive a blessing from God. The angel didn't show up and say, listen, I need you to kill a great big dragon, and when you kill the dragon, you're going to have children. He simply said, we're going to give you children. Heaven has said you won the lottery. You're going to get a child. And Zechariah said, no, I'm not buying it. What if Publishers Clearinghouse showed up at your door? With one of those 10-foot checks that said $3 million like they did that guy last week or the week before. And you looked out there and you opened the door and said, can I help you? And they said, are you Joe Wood? And if you were Joe Wood, you could say yes, but you're not, so you'll have to say what your name is, okay? And so they'll say, you'll say, yeah, that's who I am. They say, well, you want to want a million dollars. And you slam the door in their face and say, I'm not buying it. It's a scam. It might be, but it's a scam. That's what that's like. You got a child, Zachariah. Nah, I don't think you can do it. And he moved on. Your present situation has no bearing on the thing that God has planned for you except that he can use them to shape you into what he's going to ask of you. But they cannot stop God from blessing you. Your God doesn't see just today. He sees all of the time at the same time, and he sees you winning. You say, Pastor Joe, God doesn't care. He's not aware. There's just no way. Okay. What you say, that's what it is then. Right? Whether you say it's good or bad, that's what it's going to be. You can spend all the rest of your life saying, God doesn't doesn't see me, and I'll open up the Scripture, and we'll go from Matthew to Revelation, and I'll show you that God sees you, that not a a sparrow falls from the sky, that God doesn't see it, not a hair is on your head, that God has not numbered it. Uh, Number 87 fell out. Number 5,680,000, it fell out. There it goes, Joe. You're losing your hairs. I know how many's there. I can show you Scripture over and over and over again. It says God cares about you. You say, well, he didn't do what I wanted. Okay, there's the problem. God in heaven is not my step and fetch it boy. See? He's doing something, and he's going to take our messes and find a way to plug them in. Second thing, if God said it, it will. God will bring it to pass. You can count on that. If God said it's going to happen, he, in fact, will bring it to pass because he is the author of self-fulfilling prophecy. Plain and simple. It's just prophecy. If God says there's going to be a fire, there's going to be a fire. If God says there's, uh, it's going to snow tomorrow, then it's going to snow tomorrow. If God says you're going to win, then you're going to win. And that's just how it's going to be. Isaiah 55 says, So, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not ter- return to me empty, but I will accomplish, it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for, what I, for which I sent it. The angel himself who stands in the throne room of heaven 
spoke these words to Mary to encourage her, for no word from God will ever fail. But will I believe it? And when I say, will I believe it, will I act upon it? Will I change my life and my lifestyle to follow the teachings, not to be good enough, not to be good enough. I'm not trying to earn. It's not transactional. Okay? It's God transforming. So it's transformational. Will I allow the Word of God to transform my attitude? Will I allow the Word of God to convict me of sin? Will I stop making excuses for my sin? Will I do that? The angelic being stands in the presence of God himself. Paul says, for no matter how many, time, how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us, uh, to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. The amen, that word means so be it. When we say, Lord, um, I want to speak healing on this person, amen. We're saying, so be it. We're not saying, oh God, please somehow if you can just do this thing. And listen, I'm not God. I can't tell you why God heals some people and doesn't heal other people's. I know that the goal of Christianity is not to stay on the planet. So when somebody doesn't get healed and they go home, it's a win in my understanding. We're supposed to go home and hear God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. But we're supposed to go home on God's timing, not our timing. And so we look at the Scripture and we recognize that when somebody says amen, it's recognizing the authority that we have in Jesus Christ that's been given to us, and we command a prayer. We don't beg a prayer. You can't stop God. In 2022, you cannot stop God from affecting your life in a very good and positive way, even when we're in the midst of a struggle. The angel Lucifer couldn't dethrone my God and stop his reign. The angel Lucifer couldn't fight my God. The angel Lucifer couldn't stay in heaven. The angel Lucifer couldn't distract my Jesus from his mission. The angel Lucifer couldn't kill Jesus and keep him dead. The angel Lucifer couldn't keep Jesus in the tomb. The angel Lucifer couldn't wreck eternity for you and I and the angel Lucifer and all of hell itself cannot keep me from my God. It's not going to happen. Not in 2022, and not in eternity. My one true Father, my Savior, my brother, my friend, my love, and my eternity. Because nothing in all of creation, no powers, no politics, no demons, no liars, not death itself can separate me from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. My King. My King. Because that's what the Bible says. So I'm back to... Do I build my life on my rationality or do I build my life and my belief system that drives my action on what the Word of God says? In the highest high, my God is there. In the lowest low, my God is there. In the brightest sun, my God is there. And in my personal darkest night, my God is there. He's just waiting on me. Hebrews 10 says that since we have such a great high priest over the house of God, meaning Jesus, let us draw near to God. That is the word for us in 2022 as a church. Near. 
I'm here to tell you that early on in December, I was crying to God like a baby sometimes. And I was saying, Lord, where are you? And he said, I'm near. And we began to talk about the word near in the midst of all of our anxiety. We have anxieties. In all of our fears, we have fears. We're not supposed to live in our fears, but we have them. In the midst of all of that, God said, I'm near. And I said, okay. And we had a discussion. He said, no, that's the word. I said, I got the word. He said, no, no, no. That's the word for 2022. I said, the word, word? He said, that's the word, word. And I said, okay, that's the word. For 2022, the Lord is going to come near to us. And he invites us to come near to him. But I need you to understand that while that is exciting and good, he's going to ask things of you. The closer you get to God, the more opportunity he has to ask of you. It's time to give up drinking. It's time to give up drugs. It's time, try, it's time to give up womanizing. It's time to give up a bad attitude. It's time to give up lying. It's time to give up cheating. It's time to give up our narcissism. It's time to give up our, 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 our just self-sufficiency. It's time to give up as we draw near to God. So draw near to God with a sincere heart, with a full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. James, the brother of Jesus, says, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. And wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And he's not lashing out at people when he says that. He's just saying, hey, come away from the world. And the world is just doing whatever it wants, and it's, it's, it's got one foot in heaven and one foot in the world, and he's just saying, get out of the world. Just get out of the world. We don't have to put robes on and sandals and pick up staffs and become monks, but maybe that's what he's asking of some of you, honestly. But what I do know is that drawing near to God, drawing near to God will be the best thing that ever happened to us as a church and as individuals. And here's the last thing that I want to share with you. Your mouth can I limit what God can do in your life. Your mouth can limit what God can do in your life. You can just keep saying no to him and no to him and no to him. I don't believe it to him. I don't believe it to him. It can't happen for me. I'm not there. I can't. I can't. I won't. I won't. It's not. It's not. You can keep saying that all day long. There was a point at which Jesus said to some people in Nazareth, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives and in his home. He could not do any miracles there except, his, except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Because when we say no, no, can't, can't, won't, won't, not possible, not possible to God, what we're saying is we don't have the faith to do it. And therefore, we're not going to let it happen. That's what Zechariah did. He said, ah, there's no way. It's not going to happen. I don't believe it. Now, God did it because God had a plan. But you and I, as far as I know, aren't birthing you know, to John the Baptist. We might be. We might be. But I'm just saying that there is a place where we miss the blessing of God 
and, and the actual answer to our prayer because we keep saying no. No, I can't go over there and pray for that person. No, I can't go over there and invite those people. No, I can't go share my testimony. No, I can't go back to college. No, I can't go to a new church. No, I can't embrace the teachings of Jesus there because it doesn't make any sense to me. No, I can't. And what we're really saying is, no, I won't. And we don't think we're being rebellious, but it's a bit of a rebellion from back in the garden. Your mouth can begin, when you begin to speak negativity on your life, I'm not trying to do a Joel Osteen, I'm not trying to do a health, wealth, and prosperity, I'm not trying to do, and, and I didn't mean to drop a name there, but I'm just telling you, I'm not trying to do that, but there is a place where when all you do is speak the negativity back into your own life, you live the negativity. You live it. You make decisions and choices and actions and you live the negativity. Nobody will ever ask me out. Nobody will ever date me. Nobody will ever give me the job. It's not possible. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not... Hey, you can say that all day and whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't, you're right. But I can tell you right now, according to the Scripture I just read to you from Jesus' own words... The promises of God are yes. Yes. And he's in front of you, not behind you. I'm following him, not turning around, going back and trying to find him. Even when I wander. The people couldn't believe. More than that, they doubt. And then they refuse to hope. They refuse to hope that God would and even could do a thing in their life. It's your heart that God's after so that you would believe the unbelievable, so that you would conceive the inconceivable, and so that you would receive the impossible, improbable, miraculous. That's what happened in those stories. The book of Luke, Jesus said, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Your heart needs to dare this year to be near God. It needs to dare. And when God asks, it needs to say yes, even if you're scared to death. It needs to hope out loud. Speak the positive out loud. Your own words out of your mouth matter. Your faith, it matters. Your hope, it matters. Your desires, they matter. You being wrong and admitting it matters. You confessing sin matters. You embracing the forgiveness of God and stop beating yourself up matters. You sharing your story, your testimony, it matters. Because God himself is near. Why give up your hope because you can't fathom how God would do it, comprehend it, or even own it? Believe it. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. He put will, 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 will. Four times in that little passage. Will will. I'm not saying that God is a drive-through and you're going to get everything you want, but I'm saying if you persevere and stay at it, and this is all God, ask, seek, knock, and the door 
will be open to you. Not maybe. Not a little bit. Not kind of. Think about it. Will. My healing will be. My recovery will be. My family will be. My job will be. My relationships on this planet will be. All because God's nearness will be. Will be. Not might be. Will be. There's no place for us to go in 2022 that God isn't there. Not to church, not home, not to our jobs, not out back, not in the basement, not in the, not in the living room. Not, there's no place for us to go that God's not there. He's there. Because he said he will be. And I want to encourage you in 2022 to press into will be. Because we're talking about the nearness of God in your everyday life. Knowing full well that what God's looking for is the answer that Mary gave. Let it be unto me as you have said. Yes, Lord, you get my best. Yes, it's scary. I don't like it. It's terrifying. But yes, that's what I'm after. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, we thank you for this word. We thank you for what you said to us. God, we thank you for what it means. And, and then we and cry out to you for the help of living it out. Because for everyone in here, God, it's going to mean something a little bit different. But I know it's going to be something radical. It's going to be something amazing. It's going to be something miraculous. It's, it, it, it's going to be tomorrow, and it's going to be down the road. It's going to be in a couple of minutes, and it's going to be in a year. But us pressing into you is where we're going to see it. So we just say, come Holy Spirit. Whatever it is that you need to do, the Wrecking Ball series, the Miraculous series, whatever it is, God, that you were saying all the way through this year, it needs to start happening. And in fear and trepidation, it needs to happen, to happen right here first. Forgive us our sins, oh God. Forgive us our attitudes, Lord. Forgive us the times we said no to you, didn't take the step. Forgive us our sins of commission. Forgive us, Lord, our sins of omission. As we come before you, Lord, we are a people that need to be near you. We thank you for the Christmas celebration. We thank you for the hope of 2022, should you tarry, God. We thank you for what you're about to do. We thank you for the answer to our prayers. We thank you for our lost children coming home. We thank you for our addictions to stop. We thank you, God, for our jobs. We thank you for the people that you've put us in the presence of. We thank you for challenging us to change this and so much more as we ask for healing in our lives, our relationships, and our being, especially in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We've got to get down off this stage. We're going to go into this closing song. These people are up here to pray for you. And just the word that I had before I left my office to come in here was that, that idea that some of you are still dragging a chicken around that feels like it's just an anchor to you and it's keeping you from embracing what maybe God has in store for you. Not because you have to be good enough for God to bless you, but because it's dragging you backwards and you're having to struggle to let go of it. And I don't know what it is. Bad attitude, a bad relationship at work, a, a struggle to get back in the... I, I don't know what it is. It, it, it's, usually it's an excuse. 
but it might be something real. And I believe that God wants you to leave it here today. So we're going to get back up to our feet. That means get back up to your feet. These people are up here to pray for you because God wants to do something amazing in your life and don't leave without that happening.